0: Hello, well first of all I'd like to start with a disclaimer and that is there are many people in this room who have much more knowledge and um, things to say about the divine feminine. Um, I know some of you have made a deep study of this subject and in conversations at the dining table I've heard just wonderful um, stories and examples when I've asked, asked you what does the Divine Feminine mean to you, and I wish I could share all that. So this is going to be one tiny um, contribution, and hopefully it will be a meaningful one, and it will give some, um, shed some light on this, the mystery of the Divine Feminine. Um, We had play practice today. There's going to be uh, the play Una is going to be read tonight, and I hope you all come. And for me, that play is uh, very much carries the spirit of the feminine, and you'll see that tonight. Um, I happen to be playing Una, and so I have the... (laughs) Um, I was a thespian in high school, so this is my return to the theater, thanks to the casting director. But as I've, we've had two two read-throughs, and as I've read through them, and have been so deeply again moved by Una's lines, she, this character embodies the receptivity and the emptiness of the soul before the divine, passive, and so. In a sense it's feminine, but all souls, as Marcia said, all souls are passive to the divine spirit, so the feminine iuna brings this this emptiness, this um, willingness to receive from God from the spirit, and in that sense is penetrated is filled with the divine spirit and through through the 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 meeting of the soul and the spirit comes forth a new birth, a new human, the human divine, the divine human. Mershid says, out of the womb of the human heart, the Lord is born. And so in that sense our we all are as a womb for the impregnation and the birth of divinity in our in our being. Now personally um, it's not so easy for me to speak I to mom and I, these chairs were put up for us and Ronnie was going first and so we were seated over there and um, it would just seem natural but then somebody said, oh, take your place over here but it was completely a second thought Um, the first thought is to be on the sideline and so this is something that we we have to face now in ourselves and this tendency of not being seen and not having a voice and... It's a a, a big topic, but I would like to read to you what Hildegard of Bingham had to say about this. She said, Although I heard and saw these things, because of doubt and low opinion of myself and because of diverse sayings of men, I refused for a long time to write not out of stubbornness, but out of humility until weighed down by the scourge of God, I fell into a bed of sickness. Not speaking. Not coming forth, even though we're not sure what we have to say. Somebody can say it better. I had a terribly brilliant father there wasn't much room for a little girl to try out saying some new idea i had a very brilliant partner Pierre reliant and i have three brilliant sons so <laughs> i might as well go f- curl up in a fetal position and and forget about it but if i do i fall into a sickness So I'd like to briefly say a few words about something that I see and feel. I don't know if it's true. I feel it is, and I bring it here. As a fellow traveler, does it, is it, does it resonate? We've all been working with these teachings, studying them, meditating with them. They've produced something. They've had an effect. Something is being born in us through it. And this is what I like, to compare notes, to see what have we learned? Are we learning the same thing? Are we hearing something? Are we hearing similar themes? So I want to present to you something very subtle that I feel. And I've actually never tried to, to put it into, into words. There's two parts to this vision. One, I'd like to speak about what does it mean to give birth to a new consciousness? Speak a little bit about this. What, what, does it, what is it, new consciousness? This evolutionary time we're in. Somebody this morning said something about a tipping point. We all know there's a crisis here. So let me start with our, our godfather, Rumi. He said, we could say that this is God speaking, we could say this is the hidden treasure speaking. We know that in our Sufi behalf, divine being is a hidden treasure wanting to be known, desiring to be known. So hidden in the depth of unconsciousness, hidden before awareness, but desiring to be known. And our teaching tells us that all of manifestation is the means by which the the hidden one awakens into knowing his or her own self, own being. It's like if we're asleep in our bed in the morning, we're asleep. We don't know who we are. We don't know we have a life. We don't know that we're the person we are. But then gradually we slowly come into consciousness, and that first state is just knowing we're there. We haven't, We don't know yet who we are. If you travel a lot and you go to airports and you, you wake up and you don't know where you are, just know you are. So that first there's the unconscious, and then there's I exist. And then comes, oh, yes, I'm Taj, I have a life, I have, this is what I'm going to do. So, this is this, there's an awakening that happens just out of sleep. Well, the Sufis say that this awakening is happening, creation is awakening. This whole existence is the means by which the only being hidden in unconscious matter is evolving and waking up. So, as Rumi speaks to this and says, I died as a mineral, I died as a mineral, and became a plant. I died as a plant and rose to animal. I died as animal, and I was human. Why should I fear? When was I less by dying? Yet once more I shall die as human, to soar. So here we have just in this one poem, we have a picture of an enfoldment of a consciousness starting with in, in unconscious matter stirring through the, through the billions of years to awaken into the awareness of what this is right now through the human consciousness. So when we speak of this evolutionary moment, and I would like to say, what is the feminine, what is to say possibly what is some aspect of the feminine that can serve this evolutionary moment that's where i'm going to get to but first i want to just make sure we understand or about the importance of the unfoldment of consciousness and what new being means so we see it in rumi this unfoldment of the only being of a hidden treasure coming into awareness and actually, we are at such a moment now in history because we it's the first time that a species, as far as we know in this cycle, has been, is possible to create its own destruction. This is a unique moment. It also seems that this is the first moment when... Awareness is capable of reflecting on its own process, so uh, there is a a um development of self awareness where now as opposed to the unconscious development from the big bang through uh, through the uh the plant the animal the human, or as opposed to the development and the waking up of the child from infancy to becoming a full person. That is just nature's evolution of awakening. But now what's different about this moment is we are now aware of our own process. That, that gets a tremendous choice and responsibility. You see, when the infant comes out of the undifferentiated state, it's just in a dual unity with the mother. There's not not even a consciousness of existing as an individual self. So it's it's a development for this little undifferentiated soul consciousness to become aware that it is separate. And that's a process of individuation and separation. So that is that's a new birth, that's a new consciousness, right? This continues until there's a fully developed little person with a moral consciousness, um, certain cognitive abilities. Um, At first, the little child doesn't even have object constancy, doesn't know that when mommy goes behind the napkin, and comes out and says peekaboo that mommy didn't disappear forever. So it's a it's a cognitive development, a, a new consciousness that knows that things exist on their own in a constant manner, right? I'm not part of mommy anymore. I'm separate and I can do things. That's a new consciousness. And then coming into our adolescence, the new con- consciousness of being generative and um, so forth and so on. So I don't think I need to go on. I think we get the, the point about what is what is possible. So as Rumi says, now we're going into further awakenings, not just the normal uh, development of, an, a quote, a human being, But as Mershid said, the first birth is the birth of the human being. The second birth is the birth of God. So once this human development is more or less complete, now begins the second birth, which is the awakening to this, the consciousness of the whole creation. And at a time as we are, at a time of crisis, this is actually often when something new is born into being. Because in a time of crisis, we can't any longer do the same things, we can't act the same way, our strategies don't work, Um, we have to face the pain, we come to a limitation which we cannot, it's a wall, and we cannot continue. So it causes us to have to, to withdraw inside into a much deeper down into the roots to find a, find the sense of new being that is arising and this is where i want to talk about the feminine for a moment this the the process of deep deep listening not the analytical um brilliance but the this passive and deep five minutes listening I'll give you an example of that. Um, Jonathan Lear, a professor at the University of Chicago, wrote a book, Radical Hope. And it was about the um, story of chief, the last chief of the Crow Nation, um, Plenty Coops. And in this story of Plenty Coops, when he was nine years old, he went to the top of a mountain That his tribe was still flourishing, and he had a vision that all the buffalo disappeared down a hole, and all the trees, and there was only one tree left. It was a tree full of chickadees. And later, then, in his life, came the white men and were wiping out all the native peoples. And he, Plenty Coops, went to his elders with this dream vision, and together, they talked about it, they meditated on it, and they, through a process of depth um, listening, they gleaned the meaning in this vision. And in this case, it turned out that the chickadee um, represented the bird who listens. And they knew they had to listen to what was happening. They had to listen to the white man. And so uh, as a result, they had to change their identity. They knew that they could no no longer be the the warrior clan that they were. That was their identity. And through this near-death, cultural near-death experience, they were able to reach down from the unseen and give birth to a new cultural identity which the chickadee carried, and it turned out to be a message that had to do with education. And they were one of the few tribes that actually survived as an entity, as a self, as um, an integrity with integrity for their nation. And I think that we're at a time now where this deep listening um, to what is the message that's coming to us Where is the new dream? Where are the, where's the hints? What are the clues? And I look to Mershid for this. And this is where I think, where he has something about this particular emergence of this, of the new consciousness, the new self that is wanting to come forth, but we have to hear it and then give it life, give it form. He says in matter life unfolds, discovers, and realizes the consciousness that has been, so to speak, buried in it for a thousand of years. In matter. So this dream, this new this new emerging self, this new emerging consciousness that we have never where we've never been here before. A developmental evolutionary step where we've never been before. It's happening through us, so we can't see it. We don't know what it is, we can't see it. So the feminine has the capacity to tolerate not knowing, to live in the mystery of not knowing while listening for the emergence of this new being that's arising in the body of our, of our earth. A real birth from within the earth, of which we are, we now know we're part. We're not separate. This is our body, and our body is dreaming. Our earth body is dreaming, and and waiting for the, this birth within us, within our body, to to come into form. Mershid says. Thou changest my flesh into fertile soil. Thou turnest my blood into streams of water. Thou needest my clay, I know, to make a new universe. A new universe is being born. And the feminine. Offers this deep listening, this deep embodiment, and the knowing how to carry within our being a pregnancy of what is to come. Okay? Thank you.